This week's Life Note, track five, a.k.a. one of my most personal and important life mantras. Welcome to Life Notes from Chair 17, a podcast dedicated to sharing life stories, wisdoms and inspirations as we navigate life's journey. Host C.H. aims to share thoughtful perspectives and insights from her own life journey, as well as those of special guests and contributors. Tune in for thoughtful conversations about lessons learned, wisdoms gained, experiences had, and inspirations shared. Find us where you get your podcasts and be sure to hit follow or subscribe so you never miss an episode. Now, enjoy this week's episode. Alrighty. Welcome back in, friends, to another episode of Life Notes from Chair 17. I'm your host, CH. Thank you so much for finding me once again. In this corner of the podcast universe, if you are a returning listener, thank you so much for your continued support. I really appreciate it. If you are a new listener, I hope you will enjoy and stick around. Uh, And as you may or may not have guessed with the title of this episode or read the description of this episode before you hit play. It is our fifth episode, so I am referring to it as track five, and that is a nod. Fellow Swifties will know this, but that is a nod to Taylor Swift who often reserves the fifth track of each of her albums to feature a particularly personal song that may be more emotional than some of her others, maybe more revealing, maybe more reflective. And as I was thinking about this episode, which, strangely enough, I had thought I might do as the second episode. I I thought about it some more, and I remember saying outside out, out loud to myself as I was putting sort of episode layouts together. I said, "No, I think that's your track five. And so here we are, because uh, I got asked actually to share a bit more about the origin and the inspiration for one of my life mantras that is out on our website. So uh, if you go out to life notes from chair 17 podcast.com, uh, if you've, if you found this podcast through that website, then you know it, uh, but you might not have clicked the about section to learn uh, more about the inspiration behind this podcast or a little bit more about me. Uh, But if you've come to this podcast from, let's say, Apple or Spotify or Amazon Music, something like that, and you have not uh, visited the website, you might not uh, know that there is a section that talks a little bit about uh, the inspiration as well as uh, me and when I was thinking about uh, what I wanted to include, a sort of you know a short little bio that's kind of fun and kind of 
you know, might allow folks who don't know me to get a sense of how I think and what inspires me. Uh, there are five, I think, out there um, that I call my life mantras under uh, the about section and when you scroll down to the host section. And the number one mantra that's listed is strength, confidence, and courage. And I got asked to kind of, would you be willing to share a little bit more about where that came from? And absolutely, because it's something that I still carry with me today. Uh, and it is something that came from a really, I think, a very unique time for me. So it actually originates from my university years um, at, at a time when I really had to take better control of not letting my mind get the better of me or fill me with doubts or concerns that were based more in fear uh, than, than in reality. And I say that very succinctly now and so easily and simply, uh, but it is something that I, I still work on to this, this day. I, it's not a one and done kind of a thing. And I figured it out all these years ago. Absolutely not. Um, I've mentioned it a couple of times. I, I definitely was not raised, um, with sort of the, the fearless gene. So I have, or what I'm calling the fearless gene. So for me, I've had to really work on how to handle and work through uh, times of when I'm really feeling uncertain or I, it seems like worry is getting the, the best of me. And Back when I was preparing to head off to university, I really had not developed a toolbox to do that as yet. Um, you could say that I was going to develop it, but I didn't know it at the time. Um, and I had not really had a, an experience uh, like that sort of a what I'll call a, a big life-changing moment that would evoke such a strong sense or several senses of, of maybe doubt or, or fear. And the funny thing is, as I say that out loud, I really actually was not thinking um, or fearing going off to uni at the time. I was actually really excited about it. And to this day, I still consider it one of the best chapters of my life. It has a very distinct start and a very distinct end. And the experiences are still with me present day. And I'm sure that there are, for, for those of you who are listening, you may have a particular period of time that really helped define who you are and what you are about. Uh, you might be in that right now. You might be in a second version of it. Uh, I feel like it can occur 
in any age range. Uh, it doesn't have to be tied to a school or an education experience. It can just be a life experience. And the the thing it, it seems to have in common is it has a particular start period and particular end period. And it can be talked about in somewhat of a succinct way. Again, like a, like a, a full chapter of your life. And for me, that was definitely my university years. And I was going to be an out-of-state student, so I really, I actually really remember the, the physical journey of getting to school. So particularly the drive out of my home state of California and straight up Interstate 5 along the west coast of the U.S. into Oregon, which is where I went to school. But what I didn't realize was happening or what I was doing is that I was suppressing a lot of fear uh, and worry of going away to school and, and being in a new state, a new town, new environment, uh, being away from friends, being away from family. And I, I really had focused on again, the sort of tacticalness of, of physically getting up to school, right? Getting in, establishing a routine, getting set up in dorm life. I partnered with my, my mom and my aunt who drove up with me and helped move me in. And there was something about focusing on that tactical aspect or just the physical aspect of getting myself from home to college that was, I think, in hindsight, and as I, I kind of came to process it all, a, a real subconscious distraction um, from what was ultimately going to reveal itself once I did settle in and once I did establish my routine. I could have also just been completely oblivious. That's fine, too. Like, there is that saying, uh, sometimes ignorance is bliss. <laughs> Not always, but I think I might have just really been pretty green and not known, yeah, you're you're undertaking kind of a, a massive thing here and you're you, you kind of want to maybe think about that a little bit more than just the physical aspect of getting up there. I don't know. I, I've kind of gone back and forth on, on that uh, over the years. But suffice it to say that once I got there and all of the tactical move me in, get set up had subsided and I started to really settle into my routine and, and the fall term started, I actually got very sick. Uh, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. Uh, I had really pain, a lot of pain in my stomach, a lot of nausea. Um, and it was, I don't, I didn't get sick very often as a kid. I was pretty healthy. Um, and I was, I was very grateful for that. Uh, so this was definitely very scary for me. I had only ever felt this sick once before in my life. <laughs> I was in eighth grade. I actually had pneumonia, bronchitis, and the flu at the same time. I was out of school for an uh, entire week. And as a 
elementary school student who didn't really miss school. Uh, people people thought I something really wrong happened. I remember my teachers were like, we thought you disappeared off the face of the earth. It was very, <laughs> it was the sickest I had ever been as a really, really young child. And so this feeling that I had started to develop while I was settling in fall term, that first term, I, I got pretty scared. And I know there's probably a few of you out there thinking that the obvious signs of that might suggest that I was pregnant, but that was not going to be even a remote possibility. So um, I knew also this was not, it didn't feel like a normal sense of food poisoning or flu because it wasn't really subsiding. It felt like it was almost cyclical. I could, I'd wake up with it and then I'd get through the day and then I'd go to sleep and it'd start all over again. So suffice it to say, it was very debilitating and, you know, trying to get up, go to class, could barely make it, trying to eat, couldn't really keep anything down. And I knew enough that it reached a point where I I was like, I, I got to go to the doctor. So it was the first time in my life I had ever walked into a medical facility, uh, in this case, the student health center, and, and grabbed the first person that I saw and basically, like, out of a movie said, I need to see a doctor. <laughs> and I later learned that the woman I, I did that to was actually, she worked in the front office and was... I think in the billing department, and I had completely scared her <laughs> given I didn't look very well, and I think she was really worried for me and perhaps no other student had ever come in and done that. I don't know. Uh, but she kind of took me back to urgent care, and that actually is where I met my my beloved Dr. Paula, who I'm actually still in touch with to this day, and who was a major calming grounding, reassuring voice for me in that moment um, that helped me know that I was going to be okay. Um, small sidebar on Dr. Bala. Uh, for the next four years, I, I actually was probably her biggest referrer. Uh, I don't know that if I ever told her that. But given there were a lot of students who were somewhat nervous to go to the health center for the first time, you know, they had their primary care doctors back home and, you know, they were not necessarily feeling like they wanted to go into the health center. And I always say to them, without fail, uh, if you go see Dr. Paula, she will take excellent care of you. And I, I do wish I could have had her as my doctor for the years following university. But I was, and really my whole life, I'd still love to have it, uh, have her be my doctor, but she's retired now. Um, but suffice it to say, I was blessed to have her in that moment and in, in that need, in that, oh my gosh, what it, the heck is wrong with me? How do I get better? Um, very fearful headspace I found myself in during what ended up being around like the second or third week of my first term at university. Um, and it turned out it really was it was stress and it was internalized and it had actually manifested into some fairly strong debilitating symptoms. And as scared as I was to go to the health center, 
I also knew there was a voice inside my head that kept telling me, you need to take care of yourself. Uh, you, you, you do not need to suffer in silence. You need to go get this checked out. And I'm glad that I did that. And I'm glad that I didn't not take care of myself in a moment where my own, you know, sense of wellness was, I was questioning it and I wasn't really sure, but I knew I needed some help to get better. Um, I can't say that the stress went fully away uh, after that, right? So I, I, I got prescribed some muscle relaxants and some acid reflux stuff and, you know, f treated the physical symptoms. But I, I got it back to a manageable level. I, I got it back to a place where, you know, you kind of went through normal student stress of finals and papers and midterms. But the experience left me thinking, okay, I, I need to do a better job. Like, <laughs> we're in this for the long haul. This is going to be a four-plus-year commitment. Can't be going through this all the time. Uh, there's there's got to be a threshold here that we, we keep this under. And I, I made a conscious effort to figure out how to refocus uh, this, this energy uh, in a better way or, or get a handle on it in a different way because I didn't really want to have it continue to cripple me um, or affect my health the way that it had uh, and had, had manifested in that at very first first few weeks. And so one day, I remember I, I said it out loud to myself. I don't know what class it was for. I don't know what paper or whatever I was working on, but I, I do have the memory of saying, you know what? I just need the strength to get through this, the confidence to believe in what I'm doing, and the courage to just be good with it. And I remember stopping and going, Wow. Okay. So strength, confidence, courage. That sounds good. Let's try to remember that. Um, it started to become the thing that I would say to myself repeatedly, no matter what class or paper or final or anything that I was working on. And it it sort of became very much like when you are meditating and you're trying to calm and focus your energy or you have maybe a tangible object in your hand that you hold on to and recite something back to yourself. Just that repetitive focused moment that can ground you and balance you. And that is how strength, confidence, courage became really my first life mantra and how it became this very calming thing that helped me move away from that stressful, worrisome energy that I tend to, tends to come more naturally to me um, and of which makes me feel like I shouldn't have the strength or I shouldn't have the confidence or I shouldn't have the courage. Uh, and I, I kept it all those years at university and I have still kept it to this day, whether I'm, you know, interviewing for a job or settling into a new team or switching teams, switching companies, switching roles, switching organizations within companies. And 
it's helped me as I have obviously gotten older and grown to have something that I really came up with when I was much younger and kind of moving into young adulthood. And as I was thinking about the story and explaining sort of its origins, there is another mantra out on the website that I actually have coined much later, and it's called Give Yourself Permission. And it's something, in my opinion, I sometimes feel we don't collectively do enough, no matter what it is. Give ourselves permission to maybe, you know, not be at our best and be okay with that, or to say or ask that we need a break from something or that we need to take care of ourselves and focus on self-care or wellness or we need just time, just a moment. Or on the flip side of that, you know, giving ourselves permission to actually feel good about something or celebrate something, not in a boastful way or put other people down cruel at the expense of someone else kind of way, but just to reaffirm for our own selves that, hey, you know what? It's okay. You did all right. Give yourself a pat on the back. That's good. Or you know what? You're just having a day and you need a minute and that's also okay. And I really do think the pandemic itself uh, did really highlight in many ways the importance of giving greater space to acknowledge when we need to take care of ourselves, whether it's mentally or physically, and that there should never be any guilt associated with that moment. So for me, give yourself permission is very closely related and maybe is the old, um, I guess it's the younger <laughs> sibling since it's come later in life. Um to strength, confidence, and courage because both are really about believing in ourselves and giving ourselves permission to believe in ourselves about whatever it is that is before us. Um, but as it pertains to strength, confidence, courage, uh, that really did come from that time of moving into young adult, early adulthood and figuring out what that part of my life was going to be was going to look like and who I was going to be. And it always and still continues to reground me into believing in the best I could be, despite maybe my own doubts and fears. And give yourself permission has helped me, I think, evolve my sense of self-care over the years, which I guess you could say <laughs> maybe I always had, but I didn't know it because I wouldn't have walked into that student health center that day, that first fall term, to sort it out had I maybe not already had a strong feeling about giving my pers myself permission to do that. So there you have it, my track five and the story of my very first life mantra, one of my most important ones, and the bonus of the one that came a bit later in life. Uh, if you have something you lean into during tougher or uncertain times as you navigate your life path, I'd love to know. Let me hear about it. Um, we have a contact form and email out on the website. We also have Instagram. It's the only social that we are doing right now. So 
It is Life Notes from Chair 17 podcast if you want to reach out to us that way and share some of your favorite life mantras. Obviously, some of you who are listening know me. Feel free to text me. <laughs> I would love to know um, what your mantras are and how you lean into them because I think we can all learn from each other. That's definitely a belief I have. So, and to be supportive of one another no matter what, which I think is a really good segue into uh, me always saying to you all, make sure that you be kind to yourself and that you do take it one hour at a time, one day at a time. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and I will see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Life Notes from Chair 17. Remember to follow and subscribe so you never miss an episode. We'll see you next time.